Talk Recorded live.
I'm afraid to begin It's all falling apart See, I don't because I was working for you Everything wrong you would undo But it wasn't quite true I'm in ministry and I'm messed up. I'm confused with no one to talk to. I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. Cause this is the thing you
Hallelujah. Cause there's a line left in you to do for me. Now that you're broken. Why do 96% of drugs... Hallelujah. Good morning, House of Hope. Good morning. Good morning. I hope everybody's doing well. You know, some of us are sick, but you're still on the line. Praise the Lord. We're going to have Prophetess Patricia uh, open us up in prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah this morning, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah till I heal, Lord God. To our provider, Lord God. And to our mm, to our healer. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Father God, we come before you this afternoon, Father God, thanking you, Lord. Mm. Oh, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you for the week that you've given us, Lord God, and we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, Lord God. We thank you for what you're doing that we can't even see, Lord God, but we know that you're working in our life because your words say all things work for the good of those that love and trust you, Lord God. And we love and trust you, Father God. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that you considered us this morning, Lord God. Somebody didn't wake up this morning, Lord God, but we did, and we thank you for it, Lord God. Oh, we thank you, Lord God. We ask that you that you uh, bless and that you give peace and comfort to those that have to bury their loved ones this week, Lord God. Oh, we just thank you. I ask that you touch the heart of the widow, Lord God, that lost her husband in the weeks, the last week, Lord God. I just say thank you, Lord God. Oh, we thank you, Father. Mm. We thank you for the hard places in our life as well as the easy ones, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for we know that trials and tribulations come to make us stronger and to build our faith, Lord God. And we just say thank you, Lord. Oh, we just thank you, Father. We thank you for family and friends, Lord God. We thank you for the people that you have allowed to come into our lives, Lord God, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, Lord God. Mm. Whether we considered it a good thing or a bad thing, Lord God, we still say thank you, Lord. And we seek to find out what it is, Lord God, that you allowed them into our lives for, Lord God. Mm. We say thank you, Lord. We say thank you, Lord. We say thank you, Lord. We ask that you touch and bless those that have walked away from us, Lord God. Mm. Bless them, Father. Give them what their needs are. Meet their needs this morning, Lord God. We say thank you, Father. We thank you for your powers of healing, Lord God. We thank you for the power of deliverance, Lord God. Mm. I know the people say deliverance ain't, 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 ain't what's going on today, Lord God, but we know the devil is a lie. You a healer. You a deliverer, Lord God, for my life, my life. When I look back over my life, 
I see all that you have delivered me from. And if you did it for me, Lord God, you will do it for all your children, Lord God. I believe and I trust in that, Lord God. So I thank you for the people that we have put before you this week, Lord God, that you would give them deliverance and healing, Lord God. We just say thank you, Lord, for we know it is already done because they are kingdom citizens and it is their right to be healed and delivered. And we just say thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless you today, Father. We thank you for your son that died in our place, Lord God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And by every strike that he received, Lord God, we are healed, Father. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. We ask that you sit and supper with every door that swings open in your name, Lord God, on today, Father. Let your spirit reign supreme, Lord God, in this service and every other service that is going on in the name of Jesus. Mm, Yes, God. Yes, God. Just have your way today, Lord God. Mm. For we are just a mouthpiece. We are just a servant, Lord God. We are just the the vessel that you need for your words to come through, Lord God. So humble us, Lord God. Humble us, Lord God. Mm. Sit us down and you stand up tall in us, Lord God. And let your people hear what it is that you want them to hear. Not our thoughts, Lord God, but your words that will comfort their hearts, that will give them peace in their lives, that will heal their bodies. Mm. And help them to raise their children, Lord God. Give them the instructions that we need, Father God, to be the mothers and fathers, Lord God, that you ordained for us to be, Father. Oh, we say thank you, Lord God. We say thank you, Lord God. We even thank you for not even being able to see a bill being paid, Lord God. We don't see where the money is coming from, Lord God. But you are our Father. You are the King, and you own everything. And it is your good pleasure to give your children what they need, Lord God. So we know that you're going to give it to us. We know that you're going to help us to get those things paid, Lord God. So we just sit back and rest in peace in you, and we just say thank you, Lord. Thank you for that money to pay that bill, Lord God. We just say thank you, Lord. Thank you for seeing that every every need is met, Lord God. We even thank you for even allowing us to have some wants. Mm, Come on now, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we just say thank you, Lord. Oh, we just bless you today, Lord God. We ask that you look upon the leaders of our land, Lord God. Mm. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let your will be done, Father God, in this earth. You say that if one or two come in in, in in agreement of anything that you're in the midst, Lord God. So we ask that your will be done in this land, Lord God. For we understand that we can bind it up and we can loose it. And when we do that, that brings you into uh, uh, earth to, to do what we're asking, Lord God. And we ask him that you bind up. Stand with us in binding up this murdering spirit, Lord God. We understand that these are are, 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 are the end days. We understand that. But none of that has to touch 
kingdom citizens, Lord God. So we ask that you cover each and every one of yours that are called by your name. Cover them in your blood, Lord God. Keep all our children safe, Father God, so that we can go out and do what it is that thus says the Lord. We don't worry about them. Because they're covered under you, Lord God. We see your feathers spread wide with them cuffed up under your wings, Lord God. For he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And you are our Almighty, Lord God. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for keeping us safe from every hurt, harm, and danger, Lord God. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, we say thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We desire to do your will. We desire to be obedient to your every will, Lord God, to your every word, Lord God, to your every commandment, Lord God. But sometimes we fall short, Lord. But we desire in our hearts, Lord God, to do whatever it is that you tell us to do, Father. So we just ask that you build us up, Lord God. Give us strength to go and do what it is that you tell us to do, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. I ask that you uh, answer every prayer that everyone on this line has, every personal prayer, Lord God, they may not even spoke it to anybody, but you know their heart. You know their innermost beings, Lord God, so you know what it is that they desire of you. And for those that will hear this message years down the line, Lord God, I ask that you give them what it is that they're asking you for or give them an answer to why as to why they can't have it, Lord God. For we know that all your answers ain't yes. But one thing we do know, that all things work in the good of those that love you. That your plan is not our plan. Your thoughts are greater than our thoughts, Lord God. But we trust you, Lord. We trust you. Even when you say no to us, we trust you, Father. For you are our king. You created us and not us created ourselves, Lord God, and we give you honor in that. And we just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Our word of encouragement for today comes out of First Corinthians chapter thirteen verse, verses one through thirteen, but I'm going to read First Corinthians chapter thirteen verses verse thirteen. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. In the music industry, A one-hit wonder is a musician famous for one smash hit. Their tunes are faddish and their popularity short-lived. Future generations adopt them because they define an era. Dancers know the moves to Disco Duck, the Monster Mash, and the Macarena. I guess I'm not a dancer. Well, I do know the Monster Mash and the Macarena. I don't know what the Disco Duck is. (laughs) The Safari's 
song, Wipe Out, captured California's beach scene in the 60s. People from the 70s can't forget Carl Douglas's Kung Fu Fighting. Those hits may have been great songs, but the musicians weren't able to keep the momentum going. And thus, they aren't counted. They aren't counted. They aren't counted. I don't know that they don't sound right. Among the great acts of their eras. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, Paul listed some attributes that fall into the great, but not greatest, category of one-hit wonders known to human beings. Faith and hope, but nothing can, com- nothing can compete with the greatest attribute of all, love. In God's book, love is one is one hit wonderful. If you're going to be known for anything, let it be love. Your lifelong goal should be to embody the diverse characteristics of love found in 1 Corinthians 13. Unfortunately, the English language is limited to only one word to describe the many types of love. As a result, our understanding of genuine love is inadequate. We tend to confuse one kind with another. The Greek language, however, has several words for love, such as eros, meaning romantic love, and philia, or friendship. And there are others. But Paul used the Greek word agape to describe love that is divine. This type of love originates with God. It is eternal. It never fails. Verses 4 through 7 describe the many facets of this preeminent type of love, patience, kindness, perseverance, and hope. Here's a challenge for you. Live today seeking the greatest of all attributes. Try to express the heart of biblical love in all that you say and do. Let today be your love song, your one-hit wonderful to everyone you encounter. Amen, amen. I love y'all. We love you, too. Our scripture for today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You said you were going to read from 23, right? Right, you were supposed to read from 27, 26. 26, okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 26 through 29. I'll give y'all a little minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 26 through 29. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. 
That was 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 26 through 29. The next voice you are going to hear is Prophetess Patricia starting us off with communion. So I hope you all have your elements ready. And then after communion, she will go straight into her word for today. Do y'all need a minute for y'all to go get y'all elements, or is everybody ready? We're ready. And y'all can use whatever y'all got on hand, you know, bread, water, whatever it is that you have. Hello, um, citizens. Okay, I'm just going to start off with uh, a little bit on communion. The Holy Communion, known also as the Lord's Supper, represents the greatest expression of God's love for his people. Two items are used in Holy Communion, the bread, which represents Jesus' body, that was scourged and broken before and during his crucifixion, and the cup, which represents his shed blood. When Jesus walked on earth, he was vibrant, and his body was full of life and health. He was never sick, but before Jesus went to the cross, he was badly scourged by the Roman soldiers, and his body was torn, and he hung on the cross. At the cross, God also took all of our sickness and diseases and put them on Jesus, originally perfect and healthy body on Jesus' originally perfect and healthy body, so that we can walk in divine health. That is why the Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. Jesus tells us that the cup is the new covenant in my blood. You can find that in Luke chapter 22, verse 20. Paul tells us that the blood of Jesus brings forgiveness of sin. You can find that in Ephesians Verse 1 and 7. We partake of the Holy uh, uh, Communion. Besides being born again in Christ, a healthy body and mind are the greatest blessings anyone can have. And the Holy Communion is God's ordained channel of healing and wholeness. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus ate his last supper with his disciples. And knowing what he would accomplish through this, his sacrifice, he instituted the Holy Communion. His loving instructions is that we are to remember him as we partake of the Holy Communion. Jesus wanted us conscious of how his body was broken for our wholeness and his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sin. And whenever we partake in, his consci- in, in this consciousness, We proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Today, when we partake to the bread, when we partake of the bread, we are declining that Jesus, we are declaring that Jesus, health and divine life flows in our mortal bodies. And when we partake of the cup, we are declaring that we are forgiven and have been made righteous. Jesus' blood gives us right standing before God. 
and we can go boldly into God's presence when we pray, we can be sure that God hears us. I want you all to understand that because it is not a ritual, there is no prescribed bread or special drink required in the Last Supper. Jesus used whatever he had at the table, bread commonly eaten at supper and whatever they were drinking. Okay, take your bread. We thank you, Father, for the gift of your son. By the stripes that fell on his back, our bodies is healed from the crown of our heads to the very soles of our feet. Every cell, every organ, every function of our bodies are healed, restored, and renewed in Jesus' name. I believe. I believe. And I receive. And I receive. Eat the bread. Grab your cup. Lord Jesus, thank you for your precious blood, your sin-free, disease-free, poverty-free life is in your blood. And your shed blood has removed every sin from our life. Through your blood, we are forgiven of all our sins, past, present, and future sins, and made completely righteous. Today, we celebrate and partake of the inheritance of the righteousness, which is preservation, healing, wholeness, and provision. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us. Drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord.
Amen. For he is worthy. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy of all honor, all glory. Yes, God. Yes, God. You are worthy, Lord God. Mm. No, we thank him today. Yes, we thank him. We thank him. Yes, God. Okay, we're going, um, we're in uh, our chapter 6 of the kingdom concept, understanding the kingdom concept of territory. Uh, Last week we were understanding the kingdom concept of Lord. We did a kingdom concept of king a week before last. Well, I'm just going to go over a few um, principles that we learned last week in the kingdom concept of Lord. All kings are automatically lords. Kingship has to do with authority, as lordship has to do with ownership. All true kings must have an own territory. Come on now. If the king owns everything, then no one in the kingdom owns anything. If the king owns everything, he can give anything to anyone at any time according to his own sovereign choice. And God gave me an awesome um, vision of that um, when we were talking about Sister Margaret's uh testimony, a testimony of Sister Marcus that God had revealed to me as he, we were learning that. The king's wealth is measured by the size and richness of his domain. And our king owns everything, so so his, um, his uh, size and richness uh, has no bounds. The most important confession any of us could ever make is to declare Jesus Christ as Lord. There is no such thing as lordship without obedience. If Jesus is Lord, he must receive first priority in our life. Jesus is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. You know, in in, in going over that um, uh, um, assignment last week, I, I remember before I even God even started teaching me the kingdom concept. I remember thinking that um, when people go and confess Jesus, you know how you go to the front of the church and you confess Jesus as Lord. At least in the in the in the uh, church that we came out of, that was what you did. Uh, I always remember, Pastor always made you say that Jesus is Lord. I always, uh, now I really understand why he did that, but I was thinking that people, we don't really know what we're getting ourselves into when we go and do that. You know what I'm saying? All we know most of the time is, all we know is that we're probably, most of us was in some type of pain, you know, and we was tired of hurting, and we heard somebody talk about Jesus can heal, you know, or, you know, somebody, um, a witness to us about Christ. We watched our mothers and our grandmothers, you know, uh, serve God, you know. But we really had no idea as to what we really was getting ourselves into when we say Jesus is Lord. What are we getting ourselves into? 
We are making him first priority in our life. He is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. So that means, you know, we can't have certain areas in our life that we can't allow him to be in. You know, and, and we ain't thinking that when we go there. Okay, you know, I'm hurting. You know, I need such and such a thing. My life's been going downhill. You know, these are the thoughts that we have when we go up to the front. You know, so we're going to go and let him be Lord over that part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. Does anybody else feel like that? It says, uh, living under a Lord also means giving up all concepts of personal ownership. We ain't know. We ain't thought that. Amen. We ain't thought that. In the kingdom of heaven, there is no economic crisis, and there are no shortages. Relinquishing ownership puts us into the position of full access to all of heaven's resources. Letting go of personal ownership also nourishes and releases a a generous spirit within us. Those are the things, some of the things that we learned last week in uh, um, understanding the concept of Lord. Now we're going to go into understanding the concept, the kingdom concept of territory. I tell y'all, the further and further we get in this, the the, ooh, the more uh, it, it get gooder and gooder. I know that ain't no word, y'all, so. <laughs> but it do. <laughs> the essence of a kingdom is property. Land or property is the validation of a king. Land or property defines a king or queen and gives him and her rights to claim kingship. Remember that the first thing God created in the creation narrative was property, the earth. Earth was created before mankind was formed because it was necessary in order for man to be a legitimate ruler. Man was created to dominate, and it is impossible to dominate nothing. So he had to create the earth first. Thus the mandate of God to Adam was to be king over a property. Every kingdom must have territory. The word kingdom derives from the phrase king domain. Domain refers to the property, the territory over which a king exercises his dominion. A kingdom, then, is a king's territory. Without territory, a king is not a king because he has nothing to rule over. You can't be king over nothing. Let me give you an example from history. The discovery of the New World by Christopher Columbus in 1492 set off a wave of westward expansion over the next several centuries. The great Maritime Maritime Empire Maritime, I'm going to spell it, M-A-R, 
I-T-I-M-E, empires of Europe such as England, France, Holland, Spain, and Portugal all competed with for new territories in the Western Hemisphere. It was, in fact, the Portuguese monarchy, Ferdinand and Isabella, Isabel, who sponsored and financed Colombia's epic voyage. Portugal focused most of its attention on South America and eventually claimed the era that now comprises the nation of Brazil. For many years, Brazil was a colony and a possession of Portugal. That is why to this day Brazilians speak Portuguese. It is a legacy of their years under Portuguese's influence and control. The story goes that the son of the king of Portugal said to his father, I want to be king. Well, the king replied, you can't be. The son said, why not? The father tell him, because I am the king of Portugal, and we are in Portugal, you can't be king because I'm still alive. When I'm dead, then you will be king. But I want to be king now, the prince said. I don't want to wait that long. I ain't trying to wait till you die. I want to be king now. So the king of Portugal shipped his son off to South America and made him king over the territory of Brazil. Hmm. Ain't that just like a father? The son was sovereign in Brazil, but ruled as a regent under his father. The king of the Portuguese empire, which included Brazil, whenever the father visited his son in Brazil, the son became the prince again until his father left. Then the prince was again king. Whenever the son visited his father in Portugal, he again became the prince until he returned to his own domain. If the son wanted to rule as king, it was better for him to stay away from his father. Because we ain't, you can't be king when the king is still alive. And where the king's territory is, can't nobody be king but him. So when we offer, when we pray, because remember, our prayers is giving God permission to operate on earth. Because remember, God will not do anything on earth that we don't ask him to come and do. Because this is our domain. This is what he gave us to uh, rule over. And he, he put his spirit in a dirt body. Because we had to have a body on earth. And he, does, he can't come here and rule. No spirit can rule on earth. Not even God. And that's why we have to understand because the enemy, the devil, is a spirit. He, he has no rulership on earth. You know, I mean, when we understand that, I mean, that just really gave, give us a whole other way of looking at the devil, period. You know what I'm saying? Because if he ruling the earth, we letting him. Because, see, okay, let's, let's go back. Remember, in Genesis, God gave us earth. 
So in the beginning, God set it up where he can't even come to earth and do nothing without us asking him to because he is spirit. So the devil can't either. But then Adam and Eve ate the fruit, which made them give the devil rulership over earth. But Jesus came to reclaim the kingdom back for us. So the devil has no rulership on earth. So if he down here running amok, it's because we ain't doing what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, that's how the kingdom works. All kingdoms have territory, but there can only be one sovereign to rule over it. More than one does not mean divided rule, it means revolt. And that's what we in with the enemy, with, with the people that don't believe in God, with the people that's worshiping the devil. You know what I'm saying? That's playing against what the, the, the kingdom citizens are playing for the earth. That's what we in. We in a revolt. That's why uh, uh, Bishop always say that this is the time for us to be praying more than any time we've ever been in. Because remember, our prayers, our binding and our loosen is what brings God, gives God the permission to operate on earth on our behalf. Come on now. Ooh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This picture also illustrates the relationship between God, the king of heaven, and man. His region on earth, because God is a king, and because a kingdom is a country ruled by a king and must therefore have territory, we can draw the conclusion that heaven is a place. It is not some mystical ideal from the mind of man. Heaven is a real kingdom with a real with the real government. The fact that its primary realm encompasses the spiritual dimension of creation does not make it any less real. So see when we when you know when we talking to these non believers, you know, let them know the kingdom of heaven is real. Heaven is a real place. But the realm, of king, the realm of the kingdom of heaven is, also takes in the natural world. God designed it in this way. When he created the earth and then fashioned man in his own image to rule it for him, the sequence of events here is very important. Okay. God envisioned man to be a king in his own right. But a king is not a king unless he has territory over which to rule. So God prepared the territory first, the earth, and then brought forth man. God placed man on the earth and told him, I am giving you dominion over this physical domain. You have territory over every acre of land. You have authority, I'm sorry. You have authority over every acre of land and sea and over every creature that inhabits the earth. Rule it freely as my legal representative. 
freely as my legal representative. Now, um, our legal representative would be our lawyer. Now, Margaret knows this very well. And the lawyer does what you want the lawyer to do. You know, he gives you his best advice, but he can't make you accept the way that he thinks you should do this. You know, it's up to you. I work for you. So that's us. We work for God. God does not want to come here where we are personally so that we can retain our authority as earthly kings. This is also why Jesus is not anxious for us to go to the invisible country of heaven. Because when we do, we are reduced to prince and princesses. He prayed that we... He prayed that we would not be taken out of the world, but be kept in it, but away from evil. The earth is man's key to dominion, power, and his only legal territory for rulership. A careful review of the model prayer of our Lord Jesus reveals that it, it specifically it specifically identifies the location of the Father and King of Heaven, our Father, who is in Heaven. His location is the key to our power and authority on Earth. If He comes to Earth, we lose our privileged position. Mankind has designed, was designed to serve as a corporate rulership of kings representation representing of wait a minute let me read that again mankind was designed to serve as a corporate rulership of kings representing their father the king of heaven in the colony called earth so we were god designed us and gave us earth so that we would rule it like he rules heaven. Earth should look like the a representation of heaven. We know it ain't no crime in heaven. It ain't no uh, 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 ain't no homosexuals in heaven. Ain't no liars in heaven. Ain't no fornicators in heaven. You know, ain't no backbiting in heaven. Ain't no stealing, no backstabbing. Ain't no 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 uh, uh, shortage of money in heaven, so we ain't doing our job right, y'all. We we gonna have to check ourselves. Like the Portuguese prince in the story above, man was sovereign within the fear of his own dominion, but he acknowledged God's ultimate sovereignty over all. By right of creation and ownership. That idea arrangement was shattered when man rebelled against God. Mm. Advocated mm -hmm. his regency and passed control of his realm. 
two uh, demonic fallen angels who had no right or authority to take it. Me and Matthew had this conversation a while back. God's purpose in unchanging is un- God's purpose is unchanging. He created man for rulership, and so immediately set into motion his plan to restore to man the kingdom he had lost. Now, that, I mean, you know, that just goes to show us really just how much God really loves us. Because even though we messed up, he could have just said, you know what, I, I ain't fooling with them people. They, I done gave them a whole kingdom. I done gave them everything they wanted. I supplied everything that they needed before I even put them there. And, and they just ain't going to act right. I had one little thing that I asked them not to do. They could run around free as jaybirds, naked as a jaybird. Eat everything that they needed for their bodies, for healing and, 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 and you know, wasn't going to be no fat people or no unhealthy people or nothing. And them people just gave that over to the, to the enemy. I just ain't going to fool with them no more. But no, nah, that ain't what he said. <laughs> he immediately put into motion his plan to restore to man the kingdom that we had lost. The Bible, the Bible lays out a detailed record of a historical outworking of God's plan. In the fullness of time, when everything was in place, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born into human flesh and appeared to men saying, Repent, change your mind, for the kingdom of heaven is near or has arrived. The Son of God came to get the kingdom back for man. He came as a human because earth is man's God-given domain, and only a human has the legal authority to rule it directly. So see, that's why God had to come and be born into woman. But remember, Mary is is the mother of Jesus, but God is the father of Christ. Come on now. Seven kingdom principles of territory. Territory is vital to a kingdom because without territory, no kingdom can exist. This is why a king is always interested in expanding his territory. Now, um, you all write down your questions or things that you want to um, discuss after the lesson, because I know we forget sometimes. Why can there not be a kingdom without it? There are seven reasons. Number one, no king can rule nothing. A king is a ruler, which by definition requires a, uh, requires a domain to rule over. No domain, no ruler. No ruler, no king. That is why God made the earth before he made man. Man could not be king until he had a dominion. When God set out to establish his kingdom, he began by creating territory. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. First he created heaven, his territory, and then he created earth, man's territory. That's why man could be a king like his creator. That's some good news. I like that. 
I like that. I'm a king. There is no kingdom without a domain. Why is the territory of a king called his domain? Because he dominates it. A territory dominated by a king is called his kingdom, which is where we get the word kingdom. The essence of a kingdom is the right, the power, and the authority of the king to exercise complete sovereignty over a domain. In other words, a true kingdom is one where the king has the right to rule. Rights are very important because they are the basis for authority. God has the right to rule the universe. Why? Because he created it. Within his kingdom, God can do whatever he wants because his rights as king give him absolute power and authority. Infinite power and authority because his kingdom is infinite. Number four, we are talking about the seven kingdom principles of territory. The fourth one is the heart of the kingdom concept is king domain. The domain of the king is the key to his kingdom because to be a king, he has to have some dom- domain to rule. Number five, a king is not a king without a domain. I've already said this, but it bears repeating because many people who have no kingdom concept have trouble understanding the connection between a king and his domain. When the Shah of Iran was ousted from Islamic fundamentalists, revolutionaries in 1979, he fled to another country. Although he was still called the Shay, the Iranian word for king, it was mainly a courtesy. In reality, he wasn't no king no more because he no longer had a domain. Remember? He, he flew. He fled. So he no, no longer had a domain. He was a king in exile. You cannot be a king without territory. This is why Christ had to come to earth to get our earthly kingdom back to us. We are supposed to be rulers, but without our territory, we cannot fulfill our destiny. Whoo, Jesus. Oh, my God. That's good, y'all. That's good. That gives us a whole nother way to, to, to view who we are in, in, in perspective to who we are to God, who we are to this earth, and what our purpose is on this earth. A whole nother kind of, uh, uh, different kind of, of view. The wealth of a king's domain defines his value. We touched on this in the last chapter. Uh, this is number six. Territory is important to a king because the more territory he has, the richer he is. A king is only as wealthy as his domain. Remember, we talked about that in last chapter. And as we will see later, territory 
which means real estate is important because it is the only form of earthly excuse me only form of earthly wealth that never loses its value. Number seven, the loss of a domain is the loss of a kingdom. Again, the king of Iran is a good example. As soon as he lost his domain, he was no longer a king, except in name. Another prime example is Adam. When Adam, the king of earth, rebelled against God, the high king of heaven, he lost his kingdom. And with it, he lost his place as king. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the second Adam, who came to restore what the first Adam lost. Because Jesus restored the kingdom, all who are citizens of the kingdom of heaven can now be kings and queens of the earthly realm again. What does this mean in practical terms? It means we can control our circumstances and our domain rather than they controlling us. The good news of the kingdom that Jesus preached is not just that we, ha- we can have our sins forgiven and become aligned right- rightly with God, although these are obviously essential, but very important, very important. But the good news is also the fact that we can have our kingdom back. We have a kingdom that we sit on and we have dominion on, that we rule over, that it yields to what we tell it to do, not us yielding to it. So when that spirit of murder and suicide comes in our land, we can bind that thing up. And our, 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 our king that's in heaven stands in, got our back on that. Because it says whatever we bind on earth, our king stands with us in heaven and binds it up also. Because, see, we already know that mess ain't going on in heaven. So that's a greater power to stand with us when we say we want that that spirit of murder, that spirit of sickness bounded up. And we want to loose the spirit of peace and healing and deliverance into our domain. Now, that's what we need to be praying about. My folks is talking about pray for me a job. Pray that my bills get met. It is your, if you're a citizen of the kingdom, all of that falls under what your father going to give you anyway. He already tell us. The king takes care of his. If he rich, you rich. And I, I can tell you, it's been times when I didn't have a job that I had more money when I had this, than I had when I had a job. I didn't never miss a meal. Come on now. I know it's many of y'all out there that's been in that same position. 
been punching a clock for eight hours. You know, yes, we have times when uh, things are slim, but I think a lot of times that has more to do with our stewardship over what we have been given was ours more than God ain't supplied it. You know what I'm saying? Just like the squirrels, they gather up their nuts in the winter, in the summertime, and hide them up in a tree. That don't keep them from eating all summer. But when winter comes, they got enough. It whether I, you know, whether we throw some breadcrumbs or, or crackers or nuts or whatever out there, they still got nuts stored up in a tree. Even though God say, don't worry about what you gonna do for tomorrow. But I mean, you know, even a squirrel know how to stretch out his blessing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the five principles of man's earthly authority. Our destiny as human beings is wrapped up in land. God created us to be kings over earthly realm, and we will not rest until we are fully restored to our rightful, and he, not we, he will not rest until we are fully restored to our rightful place. I want to share this with you, five principles that help explain the basis of our authority on earth. As God intended, as God intended, as God intended it to be. The first principle is God gave man The first thing God gave man was territory. He did not give man a religion or rules to follow. He gave him land. Before man could be the king, God created him to be he had to have a king domain to rule over. Number two, the earth was created to give man kingship, legitimacy. God gave us the earth so that our kingship would be legal. He made Adam a king and he made Eve a queen, equal to Adam in every way. Uh, do I need to repeat that? He made Adam a king, and he made Eve a queen, equal to Adam in every way. The rulership of the earth belongs to both men and women. My wife is my partner in rulership. She does not serve me. We dominate the earth together on behalf of our government of heaven. So see, my sisters. My sister queen, we ain't got to wait. Or when our husbands ain't, 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 don't see it the way we see it or they missing something. Remember, we his helpmate. So we can pray and God will honor us just as much as he'll honor the king. He'll honor and hear the queen and do what she requires of him. Outside of the king. We are equal to our king in every way. 
The domain, the the domain of earth number three. The fact we're talking about the five principles of man's earthly authority. The third principle, the domain of earth is mankind's legal right, his power and authority of rulership. When God said, let them have dominion, he transferred the legal right to the earth, to us. He did not say, let us have dominion, including himself, because he already had his own domain in heaven. So he didn't need earth. He said, let them have dominion over that territory called earth. I'm going to rule heaven. My kids are going to rule earth. I'm going to be king of heaven. They are going to be the king of the earth. I'm going to be sovereign of heaven. They're going to be sovereign of earth. The dominion of earth is our legal right. We have a right to be here, and God gave us that right. So many believers look forward to going to heaven, but I look forward to coming back to rule the new earth that God has fashioned when this earth passed away. And you can read that because I know some people have an issue with that. But you can read that in Revelation 21. Heaven is fine, and it will be a glorious place. But ultimately, it is not where we belong. In heaven, we have no legal authority to rule. It is God's domain. We were made for the earth. And that is where our place of dominion will be in the life to come. If you all remember uh, back to a, a, a lesson that we had and where he said he was teaching us that we were made out of the dirt so that we could be made of the oils, the, the minerals and things of the earth so that we could, could, could um, live on the earth good, you know, in, in communion with the earth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If we think about Superman and how he had, he could live on kryptonite and he could live on earth. Because he had some Krypton in him. Mm-hmm. He could live on Krypton. On oh, Krypton. And right. And the earth. Right. Well, we just got earth in us. So we can't live on earth. We can't live in Omar. You know, even when the, 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 uh, um, the um, what you call them, the astronauts, so-called, go to different planets and things, they have to wear a suit that represents earth. You know, it gives them the things that earth gives them. Because remember, God formed us from the dirt of the earth and blew his spirit in us. So that's why he says we are made for the earth. And that is where our place of dominion will be in the life to come. See, so we hollering about we want a good people. I, I can't wait for Jesus to come back so I can go to heaven. You ain't going to heaven no way. You know, and you need to be trying to make sure you done did everything you were supposed to do while you're trying to rush Jesus here. That really irritates me to hear uh, uh, um, 
uh, believers say, you know, I can't wait for Jesus to come back because this is so terrible on this earth. Well, it's terrible on this earth because we ain't stood up in, in our places as kings of this earth and, 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 and dominated it. Come on now. We just sat back and let the devil do all kinds of old things that he want to do. I bet he ain't that. Remember, God kicked him out of heaven when he tried to dominate heaven. God kicked him out. But you want to be equal to me? You got to go. So why we ain't kicking him out? Girl, we better get it together. Okay. Number four, the five principles of man's earthly authority. He said, let them are the key words in the transfer of authority from God to man. God delegated authority to us because he wants us to experience rulership. He wants us to know what it is like to be in charge. Number five, man's kingship is by privilege, not by creative right. God controls the domain because he created it. He rules it by creative right. We rule it because of privilege. We are kings by delegation, not by creation. God gave us rulership, but not ownership. But our rulership includes a sense of ownership because he gave us sovereignty within our earthly domain. Okay, this is good right here, y'all. Okay, it's 129. I, I, I got to go through this because this is really important. This is really important, y'all. We into the binding and loosing. And this was just so, oh, my God. Y'all might want to get y'all pencil and paper. Make sure y'all write some stuff down because this is, this, is, this is just good. Okay. Binding and loosing. This transfer of ruling authority over the earth from God to man has major implications for all of us regarding our daily circumstances and our relationship to our social, uh, to our society and our culture. Therefore, it is important that we understand it. God has given us authority over the earth. That means we're in charge. Whatever we say goes. This gives us a lot of freedom to do what we please within our domain. But it also means that we can't blame God for everything that goes wrong. Yet that is exactly what we do. Why does God allow us so much suffering in the world? Why doesn't God do away with evil? Why does he allow sickness to continue? Doesn't he care? Why doesn't God do something? Why doesn't God intervene? Because this is not his domain. He will not intervene in the affairs of his earthly domain without the permission of those who hold dominion authority here. Without us allowing him to. Without us asking him to come in 
He's not going to do it. And who holds dominion, and who holds dominion authority? Every human being on earth who is a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. God is not to blame for human evil and suffering. He, we brought these things on ourselves by our own selfishness and rebellious spirit. God wants to help us, but won't intervene unless invited to do so by kingdom citizens who know their dominion authority. Through prayer, we invite God to act in our domain. This is what Jesus meant when he said, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Matthew 18, 18. Many believers have been taught that this verse deals with binding and loosing dumb, demonic spirits. It has nothing to do with a demon. Jesus using kingdom language. He is using kingdom language. To bind means to lock up or prohibit. To loose means to unlock or permit. Ain't that awesome to know, y'all? Ain't that just a wonderful, uh, uh, ooh, ooh, you could just, you know, that's like eating a, 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 a luxurious grape. Have you ever had one of them big grapes from Walmart? They so big, you could bite into them twice sometimes, and they just be all sweet and stuff. That's what that information like right there is, you know. Just think of the, the, the best, sweetest piece of fruit that you had and how you first bite into it and... Most of y'all be in Harris's on this line. I know y'all be like, mmm, because that's the way we eat good stuff. Even my grandbaby, uh, 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 Celine, she, I feed her some, because she likes to eat grapes with me. And she be, mmm, mmm, mmm. I say, girl, you know you are Harris. <laughs> that's what that information is like to me. You know what I'm saying? Man, that's... Man, that's, ooh, 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 come on, y'all. Oh, Lord, I could just, you know, I could just close the book and, and live good from, from right that point right there. But we got to teach other people this information so it'll be more of us that understands the kingdom way so that we can bring the kingdom of heaven into the kingdom of earth so we can be a, represent, a representation of the kingdom of heaven. Because that, that apparently is what's wrong. You know, when I'm reading this, I'm understanding that, you know, we have all these so-called people of God, people that believe in God, you know, and we got believers, we got Christians, we got, you name it, we got them. Then, why does the earth look like the earth looks? I mean, seriously. Because his word tells us if it's, if it's true of y'all, I'll stand in agreement with y'all. So why do the earth look like it looks? Because these people do not have the concept of kingdom living. You can be a Christian all day long, and come on now, because most of us have been. But we didn't know this. Like he said, most people think binding and loosing is getting rid of some demons. It ain't got a thing to do with a demon. Mm -hmm. We thought prayer was just a conversation.
we have them with God, trying to tell God what we need. Well, this gives us a whole new belief on what prayer is. I just get excited about this banding and loosening. Oh, my goodness, y'all. Okay. Jesus is saying that what we prohibit on earth, heaven will prohibit. And what we permit on earth, heaven will permit it. Consider the implications of this. Whatever we allow in society, heaven will not stop. And whatever we disallow in society, heaven will make sure it does not happen. Come on now. Do you understand how serious this is? The management of the earth is totally up to us. We are responsible for the evil, ills, and suffering in our world. These things are reflections of the nature and quality of our management. This is why God needs us to pray. He cannot interfere on earth unless we release him to do so because he has given us sovereignty here. When we do, heaven invades our territory on our behalf. The king of heaven has given us dominion authority here on earth, and he will not violate it without our permission. Oh, Jesus, come on now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for teaching us this, Father. For giving us an understanding, Lord God, as to the way. What does word say? My people will perish for a lack of understanding, lack of knowledge. That's the knowledge right there. Come on now. Hallelujah. This truth holds a critical key to how we should live as kingdom citizens on earth. So he goes on to say, having been raised in one or another of the various human systems of government, we all have been programmed to think of life and society in terms of the have and the have not. Of periodic economic upheavals upheavals and downturns, chronic shortages of commodities, corruption, disposement, despotism. And the strong praying of the weak, praying, P-R-E-Y, of the weak. We look at these things, we sigh, and then say, oh, well, that's life. See, that's what I'm talking about, that right there. Not, not in the kingdom of heaven. I saw this lady the other day standing at the post office. And she had a sign, and she had a baby, an arm baby, because the baby was strapped to her chest. And she had this sign that said she had been fired from her job. She lost her job. She lost her job. Can you please help with money? 
for food and rent. And I didn't have a dime on me. Didn't have a dime. Well, I might have had some change in the bottom of my purse. I ain't going to say I didn't have a dime. But I didn't have anything really worthy to give her. So I prayed for her because I don't know whether it's the truth or not, but I know God do. And I pray that the the, the uh, will of God will come upon her and bless her with all that she needs. You know, we don't really know whether these people be honest in, 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 in standing there and stuff. I mean, I can't see why no woman, well, yes, I can. I've been an addict, so yes, I can. I know how far an addict could go. But it, it, it just gave me a... a uh, 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 a time to exercise the binding and the loosing of 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 um in her life, you know. Like I said, I don't know what was going on in her life. I don't know what what was true and what wasn't, you know. But I knew I could pray for her, and that God hears my prayers. Because the fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And I know and I believe that. And I know that I am a kingdom citizen. And God owns everything. So whatever it is that she needed, she could have it. And God will do it for her. So that was, and I, I, I truly believe that God let me see her in a time when I didn't have any money because I felt you know, I felt bad that I couldn't give her any money, but, you know, the spirit quickly quickened in me and said, you got something better than money for her. If you would have had money to give her, you would have gave her the money and not prayed. Possibly, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And that's what the spirit was reminding me. You had something better than money because money may help her eat today. But if you bind up that 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 um, that she doesn't have a job and loose that she will have a job and all of her finances that will be met by Jesus by by God, you know, then um, that's more than than feeding her one day. Now she got a life, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, she said God bless you on the paper. So I assume she knew God. She might didn't, but I also pray that you know. God reveals himself to her in a way that she'd never known him before. But he didn't give me the spirit to witness to her. He just gave me the spirit to pray for her. So that was what I did. As we said before, in the kingdom of heaven, there is no economic crisis and there are no shortages because heaven's resources are infinite. And because all kingdom citizens are equal, there are no haves and have nots. Everyone is a have. There is no corruption or despotums. Because our king is a righteous and beloved ruler. The strong do not prey on the weak because there are no weak. Everyone is strong in, in the strength and presence and influence of the king and in the secure knowledge of their place and privilege as equal 
citizens of the kingdom. And man, 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 if that don't give us just an insight into the, the difference between the millionaires and the billionaires, I remember I used to say, you know, these people, and, and this, this was a, a, a long, it's been a while, long time when I used to think this, though. And I used to say, you know, these people that's walking around with so many millions, and then you got so many people that don't have nothing. Do they ever think that maybe they got somebody else's money? <laughs> I, I really, really, I, I, I really thought that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they got somebody else's money. Because how did they get the money? They got it off the back of somebody else? Either you know, and that's what creates a, the have and the have not. Either you have a, a service or a product that somebody else's needs, need, and so you're charging them for it. So, you know what I'm saying? You don't care And you're what charging that. them for a gift God gave you, yeah. which was freely given to you. You're right. I mean, this, this kingdom, it, it just really gives us a whole other way of how we look and see stuff in the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. While you sitting up there talking about you a billionaire five times over, you know, really? And I'm just really so disappointed with... Because do you really need to live in the house that got 15 rooms? And 30 bathrooms. Right. Do you and really you got five people live in your house. What you need 30 bathrooms for? Do you really need to have a, 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 a island? Do you really need it? I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's ways that you can enjoy the the world and stuff like that and you can live comfortable but you ain't got to live way you know right. you ain't you ain't got to live you like want to live better than than the king of heaven live that's what you want to do you want your heaven on earth and you using your money as best to create it as, as you see it in your mind then that's just sad to me you know, I, I know the words say that the poor will forever be with us. But, you know, I think back to the time when everybody, when we lived in in um, um, camp site flight, so to speak. You know, everybody, we lived in, in communion, so to speak. And everybody went out and did what they did. And everybody came home and they laid before the... the um, the, you know, because in, in, in every society you got your elders, mm-hmm. you know, that help, you know, mm-hmm. help. Um, so everybody went out, stuff. they gathered what they gathered and brought it And back. brought it all back and we and divided it equally right, between each all of us. Right. So everybody was equal in having what everybody needed. Right. So there, there was no crime. It was no reason for me to try to break into your house because I equally had what you had. Right. And I went out with the thought in my head that not only am I feeding myself and my family, but I'm feeding right. my neighbor. I'm feeding my neighbor. And if everybody had that thought, then, yeah, so, you know, the world would be different. But Exactly. And I guess that's where I get that, because that, uh, y'all know I always talk about us having our own uh, compound. I really, I believe we should. You know, so, okay. There's, uh, let me see, everyone is strong. Everyone is strong in the strength and presence and influence of the king. 
and in the secure knowledge of their place and privilege as equal citizens of the kingdom. Seeing life from this perspective will require a major change of mindset for most people, and that is the truth. Oh, my goodness, that is the truth. We have to learn. We have to train. We have to be taught to think this way. A change of mind is what the Bible calls repentance. So now the words of Jesus become much clearer when he says repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. He is saying change your mind. Stop thinking like the world with this inadequacies and its inequalities and start thinking like a kingdom citizen. Stop operating from a worldly mindset of never enough and start operating from a kingdom mindset of more than enough. The kingdom of heaven is here and everything has changed. My God, just think. He he preached that. He, he said this over, what, 2,000 years ago. Imagine if every one of us caught that. And we've been teaching that all down the line. The picture that we have of heaven, we'd be living in it right now. You know, because everybody has a picture of what heaven looks like to them or what heaven is to them, you know. And we just, I, I, I just, we, we just really can't help it. When you think of heaven, you got this, you know, this man view of what heaven looked like. Just think. If we had really understood what Jesus was saying to us, we would be living in what that mind looked like, heaven looked like to us in our mind. Wow. Okay, y'all, it's 149. Okay, I'm going uh, I'm gonna give y'all the ten principles of the power of land next week when I review what we learned this week. But I want to give you this part. King of a new earth. Many kingdom citizens have been taught so thoroughly to anticipate and look forward to heaven as the ultimate reward for the life to come that taught for the life to come that talk of an earthly inheritance makes them uncomfortable. But this is what the Bible says. Isaiah, an ancient and earthly spokesman for the kingdom of heaven, recorded. For this is what the Lord said. He who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it, he did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. And you can find that in Isaiah 45:18. God created the earth for people to live on it. He is so committed to this planet that even when it passes away, he will recreate it. It is so many people that do not believe that. 
They don't believe that. That is not what we taught in in um um mainstream church. When I saw <laughs> then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with man, and he will live with him. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. For the old order of things has passed away. He who has seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. You can read this in Revelations 21. God's program never changes. He is committed to his plan for earth and for earth dwellers, which is why we can't stay in heaven. The Bible promises a full resurrection in which all kingdom citizens will have a new body, a physical body of some sort, and will reign in the earth forever, just as God intended from the beginning. In the meantime, he wants us to practice, to learn how to take up rulership and exercise wise dominion over this territory called earth that he has given us. The kingdom of heaven is here right now. We are its citizens, representatives of its colony government, and we possess the authority right now to act in the name of our king and bring the influence of his will and desire over this earthly domain. Father God, we thank, praise, and magnify your name for your word, Lord God. Mm, it is good, Father. It it, ooh, it it was just so good today, Father. We just thank you for it. And um, we pray that it blesses everyone that uh, heard it and that will hear it in the archives, Father God. And that anybody that, that will hear this message, Lord God, that they will walk away changed, Lord God. They will walk away from this message changed encouraged, inspired, Lord God, and willing to seek to learn more about the kingdom. I thank you all for listening to this message. I'm going to end the recording. Um, I'm just going to end the recording, and fellowship will follow the ending of this recording. So no one hang up the phone. We'll have fellowship afterwards. Thank you all for listening.